the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian, is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. This is Brian, of course, and Kathleen will not be joining us today. She's up visiting her sister in Coos Bay, Oregon, and spreading the truth up in Coos County. She's got some events up there. So, But we've got a great show today and a terrific guest. We're going to talk about pro-life and and where does the pro-life movement and where do we go now in the wake of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. The overturning last year of Roe v. Wade I think can fairly be said to be an answer to 50 years of Christian prayers and work. So it's now up to the states and we happen to live of course in California. We have a bigger challenge than ever especially with the passage of Prop 1 in November, the nine-plus-month abortion constitutional amendment. We talked about that a lot on this show before it unfortunately passed. So our guest today is Hannah Oliver. She is director of the Alternatives Medical Clinic in Escondido. Hannah's worked there since February 2019, helping women experiencing unwanted pregnancies. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you, Brian. I'm so excited to be here. I, I love the conversation that you and I had a couple weeks ago when we first met, and so I'm really excited to chat with you more about this. Yes, absolutely. So you say, Hannah, that that the Lord has given you a passion for defending the unborn, as well as a passion for speaking truth, and I love to hear that. So tell tell us a little more about that. Yeah, yeah. So I am I am very passionate about defending the unborn, as well as hearing truth about life and pregnancy and sexual health. And I think this, for me, this stems partially from the home that I grew up in. It was a home that built a biblical foundation on these issues. But for me, the pro-life passion started, I think, in in junior high or high school. I knew what abortion was. I knew it took the life of a baby, but I didn't really know much about the the process. And so I was talking with a friend, and, and she shared just the specifics of what abortion was. And Honestly, I don't really remember much, much of what she, she said, but what I do remember is just feeling really sad, um, feeling really sad that a doctor would perform an abortion, but also really sad that a mom felt like she had to have an abortion, that out of all of the resources in her community, um, with the churches in the community that would support her, that a woman felt like abortion was the best option for her. And so I think that's where the, the passion, that's where the Lord started this passion in my heart. And then kind of in tandem with this growing passion I grew up with, 
examples of pro-life workers. My grandma, she, she volunteered at a pregnancy resource center. I had an aunt. She, she worked at a pregnancy resource center, a pregnancy clinic, as well as a crisis line. And then I had a cousin that was involved at a pregnancy center. And so I think that is really where the passion for life came in, in defending the unborn. And then my, my passion for sharing truth about sexual health stems from growing up in the community that I did. It was a community that that loved the Lord and stood firm in the gospel. But I think like a, a lot of communities, a lot of churches just didn't do a great job talking about the topic of sexual health. And so um, I, I really believe sexual health is a good gift from the Lord, and he has a great plan for this gift, especially in the context of marriage. And um, the Lord asks us to steward this gift well in different seasons. Um, stewarding that is going to look different in a season of marriage versus waiting well in a season of singleness. But I think a lot of churches don't know how to talk about this, and so they don't. And when we don't talk about these things, we leave people to their own wisdom and their own strength to figure this out in isolation. And I think that can lead to a lot of hurt and brokenness on this topic. And so for me, I think the pro-life examples I saw in the community I grew up in really impacted me, and, and that gave me the passion for why I do what I do today. I think I can really understand that, and it seems such a natural thing that you would be devoting yourself to this alternatives medical clinic with that kind of background. So tell us a little bit, Hannah, what kind of services does the alternative medical clinic provide, and also what types of clients are most common, if you can describe them in any way like that? Yeah, yeah. So Alternatives is a registered religious nonprofit, which is a blessing, but we are also a licensed and accredited medical clinic. We are entirely donor-funded, and all of our services are free of charge to anyone who wants them. So anyone in our community can come get our services at no cost. Um, We have two main programs. We have our medical program, and then we also have our resource program. So our medical services, those are the services that allow us to come alongside women who are faced with an unplanned pregnancy. For the women that are abortion-minded, it allows us to really speak hope into her circumstances. And so these medical services, we have pregnancy testing, limited OB ultrasounds, we have limited STD testing and treatment, and then One service that I'm excited that we recently rolled out is sexual health education-only appointments. And so this can be somebody that comes in. They don't have to be sexually active. They don't even have to be uh, to, to think they're pregnant. But this is just a great opportunity for someone to come in and get education and hear truth from one of our nurses. And so that's the the medical program that we have and then we also have a resource program and the resource program that we have it's an earn while you learn style program so a client will come in and they'll take classes on parenting life skills childbirth breastfeeding and other relevant topics that our clients are facing and as they're watching these lessons they accrue baby bucks and with these baby bucks they can shop our resource closet and the resource closet has items like diapers, wipes, clothing, formula, car seats, and other essential items to help meet the practical needs of the children of our clients. In addition to the Earn While You Learn program, we also have opportunities for college and trade school scholarships because that's a huge way that we can help launch our clients into their future. And then we also have opportunities for career assessments. So we love 
really equipping these parents um, after their decision for life. And we, we really try to do what we can to meet their needs, but we recognize that we can't do everything under our roof. Um, it's not possible for us to do that. And so we really make a point of knowing who's in the community, who's doing what well, where can we refer our clients. And so we have a large referral manual for our team that they can use this manual to refer our clients and our patients. And so some of these resources are for ongoing prenatal care, WIC, Medi-Cal, adoption agencies, post-abortion classes, and many other resources to really support our patients and our clients. And we've been doing a, a great work for years in this community with resources. We've been here for 37 years, and it's a blessing, but we want to do this on a larger scale for the resources. And we're actually in the process of remodeling a new space, and we're excited because this new space allows us to have dedicated space for the medical clinic and then dedicated space for a new resource center. And I, I recently learned two statistics that I would like to share with you and your listeners today. Uh, these statistics come from the Guttmacher Institute. Um, and the first stat is that 59% of abortions are obtained by women that already have children. So 59% of abortions are obtained by women that already know the reality of that, life. That's an interesting statistic because I remember working for a biotech and getting a lot of information from that same Guttmacher Institute, which is definitely not in the pro-life camp. Oh, not at all. Right? But interesting statistic and not necessarily intuitive. So three out of five approximately of every woman uh, is that getting an abortion have already had one or more children. That That's interesting. Yeah, and they know the reality of the life growing with them because they see it in their own child. But for whatever reason, maybe it's a financial thing, maybe it's a relational thing, but for whatever reason, they don't feel ready or capable to take on another child. Um, and so that was significant. And then the other stat I wanted to share, this is also from Guttmacher Institute, is that 49% of abortions are obtained by women that live below the federal poverty level. And so both of these statistics, I think, are significant. And to me, it really shows me that if we want to see a change in the life issue, we really have to equip women and men as parents. One of our nurses here at the clinic, her, her phrase that she says, and it's so true, is that our parenting patients of today, so our, our patients today that are set on parenting can be our abortion-minded patients of tomorrow if we don't properly equip them. And so... One thing that we've recently done as an organization is we updated our mission and vision statement. And so our new vision is to see a transformed community where abortion is unwanted by providing life-affirming support to women and men. If we want to see an, an, a change in this issue, we need to see a transformed community. This issue is it's bigger than diapers and wipes, and this issue is even bigger than an ultrasound machine. And these are really important tools in the pro-life approach. We need these tools in the pro-life approach. But we have to take our broader approach to this issue, and we must care for these women as whole people when they're faced with an unplanned pregnancy. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then also care for them after their decision for life and maintain relationships and really equip them and practically support them as a parent. You're doing so many wonderful things, uh, the clinic, and it's a wider range than I would have even imagined. And it's hard to believe that uh, 
that sensible-minded people would be opposed to this, but there is definite opposition, and I just read about a bill today that's being introduced in the California legislature. Most of the bills introduced there are not good from a biblical worldview perspective. This bill proposes that any uh, crisis pregnancy center or pro-life center like Alternatives Medical Clinic, if they are found guilty of misinformation, and I don't know who would be the judge of what is misinformation, they would be liable to lawsuit. Uh, another one of these fine bills being proposed that often become law. So do you, um, there at the Alternative Medical Clinic, have you felt political opposition to what you're doing? Yeah, so living in the state of California, right, there is a lot of political opposition against our movement as a whole. However, us as an organization, our clinic, we haven't really received much opposition. The Lord has really protected us in this way. Um, Like I have mentioned, we try to be above reproach in all areas. We're licensed, accredited, only medical professionals see our patients, which that's huge. If somebody comes here for a medical appointment, they are only seeing a medical professional. Uh, we have a resource program. Um, we practically support parents, and I think because we're doing a good work in this community, by the grace of God, we've been able to maintain a good relationship with the community, and I think that's what has protected us from political opposition is the relationship that we have with the community. Well, that's wonderful, and from what uh, I'm pretty close to the community, to the political leaders, I should say, in the community that your clinic operates in, which is Escondido, and you ha- you have a lot of uh, support there politically and from churches and so on, and I expect that will only grow. I want to ask you about another trend that I think is based on your talk that you gave recently to the North County Conservatives is a concern, and that is the trend towards dispensing abortion pills over-the-counter at the mm-hmm. pharmacies like CVS, like Walgreens, so that's without a prescription. My question for you is, Hannah, in addition to the obvious moral issues, aren't these abortion pills risky to the health of the mother? Yeah, so that is a great question, and that's really relevant. And I want to preface this with, I am not a medical professional, so um, in order to prepare for our time together, I really wanted to get the best information possible about the abortion pill. So I phoned in a friend. (laughs) I asked our nurse manager who oversees the medical department for some information on this. And so the the information that I'm going to share with you comes directly from our nurse manager, comes directly from our medical professional. So the the typical physical risks of abortion pills are heavy bleeding and infection. Sometimes the pills don't work, so a woman will get a surgical abortion to complete the process, which has its own set of risks. Because any kind of abortion has potential risks for the mother, there is more protection for a woman's physical health if she has proper medical care before, during, and after her abortion. So this next part answers your question. Um, The issue with the recent increase of abortion pill access is that key medical safeguards have been removed from this abortion process. The biggest problem is that women now have access to legal abortion pills without first having their pregnancies properly diagnosed with an ultrasound, and this is important. It is possible for a woman to carry, um, to have a positive pregnancy test but be miscarrying or have an ectopic pregnancy. And if the ultrasound shows her baby does not have a heartbeat, she is miscarrying and does not need 
to take abortion medication to end her pregnancy. And if the ultrasound shows that her baby is not growing in the right spot, she needs further evaluation because she could be having an ectopic pregnancy and that needs to be treated immediately or her life could be in danger. Abortion pills do not treat ectopic pregnancies. And then also, treatments for miscarriage and ectopic pregnancies are morally different from abortions. The only way to definitely rule out miscarriage or ectopic pregnancy is with an ultrasound. And so, women being able to obtain abortion pills without an ultrasound first is risky to the health of a mother. And so, that, that is our concern with this. Um, but if listeners, if you would like any additional education on this about the importance of an ultrasound, about surgical abortion or the abortion pill, we actually have education pages on our website about this. So please feel free to check out our website. It's amc-ca.com. There's a lot of really good information and education on our website about that. Well, that's that's great. And that is concerning because I think it's becoming more and more available, like I say, with these national chains like CVS and Walgreens. And there is a growing movement of protests uh, sometimes in front of these stores. But it's uh, it's it's growing access to people that are not very educated about what they're getting involved in. So back to your uh, kind of or continuation about the alternatives medical clinic. Are you do you have volunteers? Do you look for volunteers? And if so, if someone was interested in volunteering, what kind of background would you be interested in? Yes, absolutely. Like I mentioned earlier, we are entirely donor funded. And so we we really rely on our volunteers to help accomplish our mission and vision. And so right now we have three significant needs for our organization. We are in need of data entry volunteers. So that would be someone that volunteers in our medical department. They uh, make sure all of our information was input correctly into our system. And then they also audit all of our charts. So they go through a, a really thorough training process because this is such an important role. So if Somebody loves details, they love numbers, this would be a perfect role for them. We also have a need for advocates and dadvocates. The dadvocate role is new to our organization, and so this role is part of the resource program, and so this would be someone that comes in to facilitate lessons in education with our parents that have made the decision for life. And so we have a education platform that we subscribe to. It is wonderful, and all of the lessons are pre-planned. So they take out a lot of that hard legwork from our advocates, which is a blessing so that our advocates can come in and focus on preparing for their time with the client. So that is a huge need that we have. And then lastly, we need a boutique merchandiser. So we have a resource closet, and it has served us well for so many years. But as we're moving into the new resource center, we want to set up more of a boutique for our clients to shop with their baby bucks. And so we need someone that can come in and organize our material donations and then merchandise them in the boutique. So if somebody has a a design eye or an eye for... Um, just making spaces look beautiful. We have a huge need for that in our new resource center. So data entry, advocates and advocates, and then boutique merchandiser. Those are our three biggest needs right now. Well, pay attention, listeners. I think it could be a wonderful opportunity for, for you out there. I heard you mention the word dadvocates. Does that, mean, yes. does that mean that you also have opportunity for male volunteers? And, and if so, uh, talk a little bit more about that. That is new for us. We know that men have a really important role to play 
uh, when it comes to a woman's choice. And so we we want to bring on the advocates kind of in two capacities. One, we want to have them here in the medical clinic just to provide relational support for the dads as they're waiting for their girlfriends, wives, whoever it is. Um, we always bring her into the back first. And so we would love to have a dad advocate here just to provide relational support to the men that are here waiting. And then we also would like to have dad advocates in the resource center to really um, build relationships with these dads and invest in them. Um, one thing that we see with uh, the men that we serve is a lot of them don't have healthy relationships with their fathers, or maybe there's no relationships with their fathers, and so they had no example. And so in order for these dads to be the best dads that they can be, they need to see that example. And so that's why we're excited for the advocates to come on. What about uh, even tr- economics? You, you made a point earlier that that Guttmacher study that about half of all these women getting abortions are below the poverty line. So related again to the advocates, is there any opportunity to at least refer them to job training or something I've even done in the past is meet with individuals and help them with preparing for interviews or writing resumes, things like that? Is that is that anywhere in there? Yeah, so that's actually something we're really praying about. We're in an exciting season right now of really asking the Lord, what would you like us to do in this new space to really equip moms and dads? And part of that we feel like will be really equipping them as they are stepping into the um, career world. We hope that these parents are able to be self-sufficient and really provide for their families. And so part of that maybe would look like doing classes on interview skills. This is how you nail a one-on-one interview. This is how you would nail a group interview or resume writing. This is how you write an, uh, a resume that will get you to the top of that that resume pile. And so we're really dreaming about what that might look like. And so if if any of your listeners out there, if you have any ideas about how to better equip parents in this area, please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to chat with you more about that and just see if there's a way that we can use your skill set and your knowledge in that area to really uh, equip our parents. Well, that sounds really exciting. I want to ask you one more question since we're talking about male roles in this. Um, that's something that not too much, when people think about abortion, I think they often don't think about the fact there is a father in the mix here somewhere too. And can you tell us any more from your experience about what, what kind of uh, guys, what kind of fathers, I, I assume, I think a lot of these fathers perhaps deal with irresponsibility, but besides that possible character trait, are there anything else you've noticed about some of these fathers if you, you know, in the times where you might come in contact or, or what you hear from the mothers about these fathers? Yeah, so we we see a wide variety of fathers. There are some baby, uh, some fathers that come in that they want to have the baby, their girlfriend wants to have the baby, um, and then some that are they're just ready to parent. Um, and then there's some that, you know, they're kind of on the fence, they're nervous, but they're open to parenting, and they just need some encouragement and resources that our nurses can provide them. And then we do see men, actually, that want to keep their babies, that want to be a dad, but they have to, they, they feel like they really have to defer to their partner's wishes to abort because legally it's her choice. Um, sometimes we see men come in that are pressuring the woman to abort, even though she wants to parent, and then Sadly, we will also see couples coming in that both of them are just really united in their decision to abort. And so that's kind of where we see men in terms of 
the decision to abort or not, but then the issues that they're facing, a lot of the men have common issues. Like I mentioned earlier, we see unhealthy or non-existent relationships with their own fathers. We see anxiety about how to provide for a baby financially, which you, you touched on that. And then we also see a fear to speak up based on not understanding what's expected of them. And the other thing is that men, men have received so many mixed messages by the world around them that I think there's a fear of speaking up in favor of keeping the baby for fear of disrespecting woman's choice. When in reality, uh, some women are quietly hoping for their father of the baby to speak up and say, I'll take responsibility and I'll help you have and support this baby. And so in silencing men on this issue, uh, I think we've done a great disservice to men. We've done a great disservice to women. We've done a great disservice to our, our culture. And I really believe that when we see more men empowered, we will see more women empowered, especially on this issue. We will see more life-affirming choices when we see more men empowered. That that sounds that sounds fantastic. I love the work you're doing. I want to touch on one other thing, and that's a special event coming up: the March yes. for Life. Uh, I yes. think that's coming up in Escondido, and I think you guys are involved in that. So, tell us about a little bit about that, and how can people get involved? Yes. So this is one of my favorite events of the year. It is our Walk in Five K Fun Run for Life. So if you're a walker, we have an option for you. If you are a runner, we have a, a fun run for you as well. So this will be on March 4th at Kate Carson Park at 9 a.m. And this is really just a celebration of all that God is doing through Alternatives for Life because of our supporters. Uh, We would love to see each one of your listeners there. If you can't attend the event but would like to sponsor one of our walkers or runners, you can do that as well on our website. If you would like to learn more about this event, if you would like to register for this event, you can do so by visiting our website. Uh, our donor website is amc-ca.org, and there is a big walk run banner. So you can click on that, and that will give you all of the details. But we would love to see you there. Well, I think Kathleen and I are going to be there, and I encourage all of our listeners to be there. And thank you so much, Hannah. We're basically out of time right now, but this has been an outstanding conversation. It's so helpful. I've learned more. I've learned more today, and so I think all of our listeners have as well. So thank you so much, and we look forward to having you on again in the future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all you're doing to equip believers to take a stand for life and to, to have a biblical foundation. So thank you for all that you're doing as well. Thank you so much. To bless your neighbor, support the March for Life we just talked about, and go to this amc-ca.org or just type in Alternatives Medical Clinic and get involved. Till next week. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.